interesting thing is that's the thing. He was Joginder, no one, but MS Dhoni trusted him to win a crucial game for us. I think it might that you just proved a point there, which is Dhoni like can trust yeah. anyone, right? Yeah, he really was Joginder, no one. Then mm. Dhoni made him Joginder Sharma from Joginder, no one. Yeah. Today he was a He's a police he's officer, right? Yeah, he's a police yeah, officer. He's a cop now. Yeah, a cop. He's a cop. Oops. <laughs> right. Hello and welcome to yet another episode of Direct Hit, a podcast where we discuss all things cricket, celebrate our endless love for the game, taste some trivia and have loads of fun. Now, we're mixing things a bit up today in that instead of me being the host for the next few set of episodes, we're going to have the other esteemed members of the podcast don that hat. Today, we're going to have our homegrown holding, Akash, host the first part, and Captain Cool Sid host the second. But before that, we would like to introduce you to the sixth member of the podcast for this set of episodes. This week, we have with us the Executive Vice President of TCC, the bowler with the most desirable action for batsmen to hit runs against, and Universe Boss Junior. So please, can we have a huge round of applause for Mr. Akash Mishra. Thanks for the introduction. Wow, I'm very, very, uh, very honored to be here, gentlemen. It's exciting to be here. So before we get the ball rolling, uh, what we usually do, if you have seen our previous episodes, is that we try to get a perspective from um, our, like every time a new member joins, we try to get a perspective on cricket from them. So do you want to tell us how you got into cricket, like what you love about the game, what you hear about the game, just anything about cricket that you'd like to tell us? Yeah, I mean, uh, so in case, I mean, I'm sure most of you guys know, but for the viewers, I went to high school in the UAE, um, and the UAE is... A uh, country full of Indian, Pakistani, and Bangladeshi people. So everyone there is cricket mad. Um, and I moved there in 2010, and I had no idea what cricket was. I knew absolutely nothing about bat and ball. Um, but starting in 2010, I was flipping channels one day, uh, late April, mid-May, and I came across Cricket HD channel, and the IPL was on. And I was like, what? What is this? Um, but eventually I started watching, and as I'm sure you guys know, the 2020 IPL was ridiculous. It was entertaining. It was unbelievable. So I got super into cricket. And then just the next year, I'd gone to India uh, in May. Uh, and the 2011 World Cup was on. And what a, what a time to be in India, man. Um, I remember I was near Delhi the night India won the World Cup final. And we were all out on the streets dancing with fireworks. Um, and I was, I was introduced to the amount of power that cricket has uh, for people from the diaspora, from South Asia. Um, and, you know, it's been history ever since. It's been amazing. Yep, 10 years down the line, you're on direct hit, so everything's going in the right direction. Astronomical rise. All right, so moving on from one Akash to another Akash, who's going to be hosting the first set of episodes for us today. Akash, take it away. All right, thank you, Soumya. So we all know that cricket has gone through so many changes and in style of play and a lot of aspects of the game. We've had new formats even during our lifetime. Um, so you can clearly say the sport has completely transformed over the past 20 years or so, especially. But one thing that has never changed or lost its value has been the importance of a great captain. Um, a captain in cricket specifically is a leader both on and off the field. Um, and the level of influence a cricket captain has is unrivaled in any other major team sport, as far as I can think of. Um, so today we're going to be discussing captaincy, um, talking about some of the great captains, what made them great, um, and just sharing some of our memories about them. So anyone 
interested in uh, going first and naming a couple of your favorite captains and what you know makes them special to you. Um, and I'd love to start by hearing that. Okay, I could, I, I could, I could, I could go first. Um, go for it. I would say um, my favorite captain, at least when I was younger, was. I, when I when I was when I just started watching cricket like for the very first time, Saurav Ranguli was um, India's captain, and we also had this brief phase where Rahul Dravid donned the captain's hat and Anil Kumble donned the captain's hat. So like I was a huge fan of all of these guys as statesmen of the game, as just like enforcers of like change in Indian cricket because some of our favorite cricketers, some of the most like revolutionary cricketers of our generation, like Yuvraj Singh and MS Dhoni, got their start under like Ganguly. So I had immense respect for him just as a statesman of the game. After that, of course, Anas Dhoni just turned out to be like a game-changing captain. Like a paradigm shift in the Indian cricket scene was instituted just by him like being given the role of captaincy for the 2007 World T20, and that caused a meteoric shift in the way Indians perceived cricket. It led to the rise of the IPL, which, to a large extent, defines much of what we know Indian cricket as like today. So Anas Dhoni is definitely my favorite captain, and it just hurts me to see that Indian captaincy today is in the hands of a man who I, might, <laughs> who I shall not name. Hmm. I think the summary yeah. of that should is I... Samuel loves Virat Kohli. That's what we should take away. <laughs> yeah, Samuel loves Virat Kohli. Yeah. Uh, Samuel, I actually agree with you. Uh, I, like, being from Calcutta, I definitely uh, loved Saurav Ganguly. And uh, growing up, he was the first captain who I watched. So, in fact, outside the Eden Gardens, outside the administrator's office, you have this huge poster of Saurav Ganguly, which I would enter every time I would go into that office. So, uh, I was always a huge fan of uh, Saurav Ganguly. So, uh, after Saurav Ganguly, definitely once uh, Dhoni took once Dhoni took over uh, the 27 the 27 World Cup, the 2011 Cricket World Cup, I've seen Dhoni achieve so much. And uh, most of what India has achieved, of what I've watched cricket, was under MS Dhoni. So, I definitely loved MS Dhoni. I loved how... Uh, bold he was with his decisions. I loved how he asked Joginder Singh to bowl uh, the last over into the Giants and World Cup. But I love how bold he was. I love how much success he brought under. So these two are my de- definitely are my favorite captains. Yeah, but honestly, that's I think the interesting thing is that's the thing. He was Joginder, no one. But MS Dhoni trusted him to win a crucial game for us. I think it might, it, that you just proved a point there, which is Dhoni like, can yeah. trust anyone, right? Yeah, he was Juginder no one. Then he, Dhoni made him Juginder Sharma from Juginder no one. Yeah, yeah. Today he was Juginder He's a police he's officer, right? Yeah, he's a police yeah, officer. He's a cop now. Yeah. A cop yeah, he's yeah. a cop. Oops. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Moving swiftly on, I think my favorite captain, undoubtedly, in recent years has been Mispa. Um, I think context is really important here. Just after the the spot fixing scandal in England in 2010, like Pakistan was in the dump. I it was like the saddest time I think for me as a cricket fan because you had the spot fixing scandal that took away two of your best bowlers and a very mediocre batsman which was great, I think. Um, but you, you couple that with also not being able to play in Pakistan because of the terrorist attacks against Sri Lanka. And like the team was absolutely just 
in the dumps just from a psychological you know just just from purely from a psychological perspective and also having real real cricketing outcomes and and Misbah got a call I think from the PCB chief at the time I forget who it was I think it was Zakasho and he wasn't even in the side he was not even in the side and he got a call saying that would you like to be Pakistan's new captain and surprised Misbah surprised everyone um but since there was no one else who had the the credibility the legitimacy to captain a time and actually navigate through such a turbulent phase for the board that that context is important to understand of of misbah coming in and with him you know the, the culture of i think pakistani cricket or and the mentality that uh that that pervades pakistan like the pakistani cricket fandom which has always been a sense of controlled chaos you know when with with all of your previous stars and heroes you know freebie comes to mind where it's just there 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 isn't so much strategy and tact like 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 smart cricket isn't something that that you associate with pakistani cricket just just off the bat misbah kind of changed that because he's actually a master tactician on the field and and off the field i think the way he handled um you know where where the team was in 2010 to actually getting us to win the mace and 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 becoming the number one test team in the world in 2016 was just it was just a beautiful beautiful journey and i am like so so happy that i had a chance to see this firsthand um and and so i think for those reasons in recent years misbah's my favorite captain but from from the stories we hear of imran khan it's 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 yeah. undisputed that he is probably you know the greatest all time captain that 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 we have and arguably one of the greatest all time cricket captains ever yeah it's great that you brought up misbah though because um it's it's really good to understand that it's not always like the expected default choice who can make a good captain and bring a team up from you know an unfortunate position and it's really you know great to think about how someone like misbah was able to do that and there's all kinds of other examples of that around the world which we can talk about um but anyways sailor akash go for it shiva i mean i have to say ms um <clears throat> sorry for the bad man voice i think uh you know we talked about anil kumble we talked about sarv gangli rahul dravid these were all uh i will say now when looking back these were all statesmen of the game these were guys that had um you know a lot of their cricket was it was formal it was conventional it was everything that indian cricket wasn't when ms dhoni was captain um you know when you come to 2007 and they say listen we need a guy for 2020 we need somebody who do we pick and they picked this guy with long hair short length hair and i mean it was like okay okay well, what's going to happen and then the 19th over in the final joginder singh as parnas says or joginder sharma is hitting the ball and everyone's like what is going on um i think aside from kapil dev the person who could make a story out of indian cricket the one you can go back in history and say this guy made indian cricket a story um he was he was the first character we had as an indian cricket captain and i think for that reason he deserves to be held above not just for the success he's had but just for the story he's created Um and I think that's why when I turn 30 when I turn 40 I'll be thinking about an Estonian maybe not so much about Rod Coley. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Is my turn? Yeah. I think for me I mean obviously as an Indian fan you'd be remiss to say that growing up watching MS Dhoni that there's nothing 
more interesting and more entertaining than watching him captain a game and just the, the presence of mind that he has, you know. But um, as I always try to do, I want to say someone different who I've admired watching from another team a lot is Kumar Sangakara. I think Sangakara, even though he did not, you know, kind of have this this story like Mizbav leading a team from, from the dumps or anything like that, he took over a fairly strong team. But having to capitalize on people like Arjuna Ranatunga and, and captains like that and come and take a side to many finals. And just, the, I think someone who has been so, I think, two or three steps ahead in every time he steps out onto the field. Um, just someone who's so calculating. Like, I mean, obviously MS is, is a different story, but I think I just really enjoyed Kumar Sankar both as a player and as a captain too. Um, and the, you know, Uzair talked about stories as well, like the stories I've heard of Ranatunga in the 1996 World Cup. I mean, it's just insane how he took a bunch of players and was able to transform the face of the game altogether. This idea of having this flashy top order come and give you 70, 80 runs in this first 10 overs and then have your middle order come and capitalize on that. Gave birth to guys like Sanajay Surya and then later um, other openers like Dilshan. And, and so I think really defined the face of Sri Lankan cricket for until recent years. But um, before the Karnaratne, who, uh, who we spoke about last time. But, um, <laughs> So anyways, I'm glad Sid brought up Sankara because um, he was someone who was a great player, great wicketkeeper, who was definitely a leader on the, on the field. Um, and we, it's easy to forget now because of the current state of the Sri Lankan team. But in that era, the brief period of Sankara's time, um, that team with Dilshan and Jayawardena, they had quite a few finals appearances and good performances. Um, and it's really great to see how, since Sid brought him up, uh, how he was able to influence that as a leader. Um, um, so yeah, next, next thing I want to talk about just to get into the topic is how some of the great captains in the last 15, 20 years have led well and what kinds of things um, did they do that influenced the kind of success they had. And you know, to throw out a few names, we have Ponting, we have Graham Smith. Um, obviously, Dhoni, we already talked about him. We love him. But, you know, these kinds of big names who've done just such great things for their country, tr mostly through their captaincy, as well as batting or whatever else. Anyone want to start? I So for me, one of the things I liked seeing the most about the names you mentioned is, I think, composure, right? Composure seems to be common across all of them. I think Ponting seems to be a little bit lower than the others in that realm, but I mean, he made up for that in just sheer brilliant strategy. And I think Australians historically have had the advantage of having a, a team of 11 players that can each hold their own, you know, always. I think as a captain, they've had to do less, but besides that, I think Ponting was a brilliant captain, but Graham Smith, especially the, the test innings where he broke his hand and comes back at the end of the innings to bat. I mean, that just wow. like, it, it's obviously that's, one just one incident but to me that kind of indicated someone who's you know the team comes first right willing to put whatever needs to be done for the team and if you just look at the squads that they were dealing with obviously they had a lot of good play players and leveraging that is one aspect but also giving other guys a chance and um just being someone you can rely on right and i think that you when you as a viewer when you can watch a match and feel comfortable knowing that this team is holding their own and will we'll give a good fight whether they win or lose the match, you know they have a good captain. And I think Graeme Smith always inspired that confidence for me. Ponting too, but for a different reason. Yeah, definitely. 
Um, but, you know, with what you brought up about Ponting being a more aggressive face on the field, which we've obviously seen, um, I've heard reports that say that, you know, inside the locker room, especially with the younger guys on his team, both for Australia and even for his recent as Mumbai captain, I've heard that people say that he's a very, like, understanding and kind of upbringing kind of captain, lifting up the young guys. Um, you know, I've heard specific to Mumbai that he, even coming into an environment that's really different from international cricket, um, he would trust people like Rohit who he knew could deliver and not, you know, spend time doing kinds of captain power uh, bringing like talks with the whole team and that kind of thing, but individually work with the young guys and, and lift them up, you know, make them confident and that kind of thing. So things that you might not see on the, on the pitch, but great captains clearly seem to have done smaller things off the field that have a great influence on how their team develops. Um, but it's an interesting, it's an interesting story actually. Um, when you mentioned um, about players from the Mumbai Indians talking about Ricky Ponting as a coach, um, the year that he came in, uh, 2013, is the first time that Mumbai Indians won the IPL. They had won a Champions League um, like title before that, but the year that Ricky Ponting came in as captain, he only played like three or four games, and he stepped down after that. He went back to Australia and then came back as Mumbai Indians mentor, like later on that season itself. And uh, Rohit Sharma mentioned in one of the Instagram lives that he did, or probably like one of the things which he, I think with Ravi Ashwin with the Instagram live he did last month, he mentioned that 2012 um, IEPL was when Sachin Tendulkar decided he's not going to captain. He wanted like someone else to take on the captaincy and he handed it over to Harbhajan Singh. Harbhajan Singh didn't want to captain either after like one season. And Rohit Sharma thought that he's going to be getting captaincy now because his like tryst with captaincy trails right like back to 2009 when um, like he was a part of Deccan Chargers. He was the vice captain when Adam Gilchrist was captain in the title winning season. And Rohit Sharma really thought he'll be the captain, but then Ponting came in and he kind of lost hopes. But then the moment Ponting decided to step down, they had like, or he like stepped down by passing the baton on to Rohit Sharma. And we all know like Rohit Sharma had delivered like four like titles for Mumbai Indians since then. He's also delivered the Champions League title. He's captained India to the Asia Cup title. He's captained the Nidhi Hasa Trophy title. So like Rohit Sharma's like just evolution as a captain was instituted by like Ricky Ponting at that point in time. And everyone like who has been interviewed, almost every single player who played for Mumbai Indians, even briefly, like Parthiv Patel played for Mumbai Indians in 2015, 2016, 2017. Just a couple of days ago, there was an interview that I saw between him and Akash Chopra. And in that interview, he mentioned that if he has to pick a a coach who he has enjoyed the most playing under, like in the IPL. And Martha Patel played for like six or seven teams. He said he's enjoyed playing the most under like Ricky Ponting. And everyone I, says that. I, I would have been surprised if he mentioned RCB. So that checks out. <laughs> no, but I also want to mention with, with Ponting, uh, just the test, the, the series that came out with the Australian test yeah. team, right? Just the way they talk about Ricky Ponting. And, and you know, I, I wanted to bring this up when I, when I, like he, I think was an aggressive face to other teams on the field, right? You can, you like, Indians would, would shit their pants just watching Ponting bat, you know, in Australia. And so um, to see like, he's someone who will nurture the, the young guys and you should see some of the ways that Nathan Lyon, I remember one of the, the great quotes he said in the, in the test was, um, Alex Carey has played professional rugby before, but between Carey and Ponting, I would take, if Ponting were to say, do this differently, I'd listen to Ponting, even though Carey is, because he carries that weight, you know, um, in, the, in the dressing room and just the, the respect that he has, the, the, and the, you, the way he talks to, um, 
David Warner too in the World Cup, and you know this is all in, in the series. It's it's almost like a, a father-like kind of thing, right? Like you yeah. know, you back yourself and very encouraging and constructive at the same time. It's not empty. It's very substantive, and they they yeah. they hold him in such high esteem. And I think growing up, obviously watching India Australia, I used to hate Ricky Ponting because I'd be like, this guy's beating mm-hmm. us left and right. But then watching him <laughs> now and watching him mentor teams like the Mumbai Indians and of course the um, Australian cricket team, it's just amazing. I have so much more respect for him now. And you see exemplifications of that even now. He is like the coach of Delhi Capitals now. And you see how well Delhi Capitals performed yeah. last, like last year. So yeah. You just see how like he has a transformative power. He has this skill to like lead change in his side. And he might have had like uh, two seasons that he played for Mumbai Indians. Other two seasons when Mumbai Indians did not qualify for the, um, like for the, um, for the, for the playoffs. But the other two seasons that he played for them, they went all the way. So there's definitely some sort of like transformative power in him. I think it's really interesting. Go, yeah, go ahead, Azar. Thanks. Um, I was just going to say, I think I was thinking about it and it's really hard for me to try to think of a bad Australian captain. Like, I, re- I, just, I just don't... I, Wall, and, and that, Ponting, Clark. You know, you start back. Like Ian Chappell. Like you, you start from Ian Chappell. You have Alan Border, yeah. Clark, Ponting. All of these guys. Even Payne, you know, for the, the cricketer he is. He's As still a, a good captain, right? Yeah. So... Yeah, I think, I think that there is something different about the Australian team compared to other teams in the sense that they choose their eleven, and then they will choose a captain from within. And if the captain just so happens to be good enough to consistently play, which usually they are, they will stick around. As opposed to selecting a captain and then you know having the captain's name in the team sheet. Although, although as, isn't that what they did with Tim Payne? Because like with I mean, Payne, I think somewhat. Mm. Tim Tim Payne, like for, for obvious reasons, I think is yeah. the anomaly because yeah. you know Warner Smith, right. Bancroft all going. It was a it yeah. was a Pakistan style situation. Yeah. Left. yeah. Um, and West Indies had a similar problem when Holder became captain after I think 2016 when they were having problems in the boards. That's mm-hmm. where like a vacuum was created and a new captain sort of rises from the ashes and ash ashes. Ashes. <laughs> 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 As from the ashes. Um, but 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 there is something about how Australia uses roles in, in a cricket team and 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 trans, transfers them to cap like two captains because ev- like every single player in the Australian cricket team has such a well in like established internalized role which is not which is different from other teams who who don't who aren't really as focused on a role but i think maybe even the culture of folk having having an emphasis on a roles on a role creates almost an institutionalized requirement for what a captain should be within australia and that is very different to like to having different personalities being captains um so something like you know Afridi and Misbah literally being back-to-back captains. Like, that stuff will not happen in Australia. And I don't know if it's good, if it's bad, but it's something that's really, really worked for them. And I I don't know if it, it applies across other countries, but it's something to think about, I think. Yeah, very interesting. Hey, Uzair, now, that you, uh, now that you brought it up, uh, I was actually thinking about this, the fact that you had such great Australian captains and the fact that you mentioned that they have an 11 first and then they choose the captain from that and you have such great players in that team of 11 do you attribute that or do you, what do you guys feel about this do you guys attribute that mostly to the raw talent which is present in the australian team if you compare to the other teams or 
is it just something in the way like the team is managed or the way or the way the team or the way the selection process works or the way the players are nurtured because I would, i'm sure I would, if you think about it yeah sorry go ahead yeah i mean yeah i would yeah just uh, i just feel that if you look at the era when ricky ponting dominated look at that team but then you also see the indian team which has which also had such great players in that 2000 2001 2003 4 5 6 era but then where do you see this difference uh, in terms of selection or in terms of the kind of team and what do you feel is the main reason why australia in particular has had such a great stretch of captains my, my i would just i would push back against australia having a wider pool of talent i think talent is kind of consistent across all boards it's just the fact that they nurture mm-hmm. that talent and internalize roles mm-hmm. um within each players who then perform those roles consistently because of their skill and it mm-hmm. it applies to the captaincy as well like captaincy is a role that you work yourself into as opposed to having it bestowed upon you which is what other boards tend to do and australia doesn't um it's really like i don't i don't know exactly when australian captains became captains but i sense that they had a fair bit of like they had played yeah a it, fair it, it bit before Yeah sorry sorry I just if you look at the progression right like before Ponting Ponting was in the team for a while before he became captain right he established himself fully and then I think who was who was captain for uh, Steve Forrest Steve Waugh right so before you know Steve Waugh was obviously one of the greatest Australian captains and Ponting mm-hmm. kind of flourished under him once Steve Waugh retired was then Ponting came in and then Ponting gave rise to Clark Clark gave rise to Smith and then Smith left and then Smith. suddenly they had, then the, had the pain moment Yeah, I think that happens a lot. But um, like at the same time, if you compare it to the state in India, it's just that between like even before Ganguly, the four or five years that preceded it, India was also like in a mix with all the sports fixing scandals and stuff. As a result of which, Mohammad Azharuddin was considered to be a decent captain, was also sacked. And then you had Sachin Tendulkar, who supposedly had some kind of a rift with Mohammad Azharuddin, with all like with the erratic stints that he used to have as a captain. And Tendulkar was never. a great odi captain for india never a great like captain for india in general and india i just feel like the indian cricket board since its inception has just been so hell bent on projecting a glamorous image of india that they just mm-hmm. put forward their best player as the captain expect them to do well and they might produce results in the short run but in the long run you see what happened with someone like a sachin tendulkar he was just not willing to captain after a while and i feel when it comes to will virat kohli definitely has the will to lead because he considers himself to be like a born leader he considers himself to be like a great captain so that is one difference between kohli and sachin but the parallels that i see the parallels that i see between that era and the era now is that india has a significantly more consistent team now than they did back then and virat kohli has to make use of those resources a significantly more consistent by which i don't mean to discredit anything or any of the like achievements that rahul dravid and vvs lakshman and all those greats had it's just that today cricket has just become much easier for batsmen like than the batsman of the like of the, than the batsman of the old because you just had the best like bowling attacks coming at you like in the 1990s and the 2000s and it's not so much the case now so you could just expect without kohli to produce better returns but when it comes to like just getting all those like what you said about australia just picking an 11 and then picking the captain that is something i agree with uzair just about internalizing and just picking like making the best use of your resources which i feel a lot of other countries can do jason holder turned out to be a pretty decent captain and he's a good he's a good solid captain for the west indies team like today i don't see anyone except for maybe shay hope being able to marshal the troops that west indies put out there like right. apart from jason holder it sounds like that it sounds like what we're talking about is there's actually a big effect on the 
turmoil that's going on in a cricket board and how that affects the ability of a captain to lead the team. I mean, we're talking about the West Indies, right? Like Wazir said in 2016, they had huge problems with their board. Um, and out of the leadership vacuum emerged Jason Holder. And then out of the vacuum of Steve Smith after the spot fix or after the ball tampering scandal, we had Tim Payne. And those are sort of big shifts in captaincy. But before that, we've seen that cricket boards have projected a unified culture like we saw in South Africa that's allowed for a transition of captaincy that's almost completely smooth. Do you guys think that that's made a difference in how teams have performed, just the ability of the board to project a consistent image? 100%. I think South Africa is a great example of that, Akash. I mean, before, like, you look at from um, Graham Smith, Tavi de Villiers to, to uh, Faf du Plessis, right? And then now, all of a sudden, their board is in shambles. And now, I mean, not to say Quentin de Kock's a bad captain. I think he's a great captain, but he's dealing with a not, a not a great squad, similar to what happened in Sri Lanka, West Indies, too. And I think that's kind of what's given rise to this whole four-team homogeny now that's like just the you know the Cena plus India or whatever it is um yeah. and uh it's just um I think a function of the fact that the boards have are now just trying to they, they don't have the ability to make those smooth transitions they're just throwing out captains as mm-hmm. because they have to and they're trying to fill in the gaps with whatever mediocre players make it up to that level with Quinton yeah. de Kock as well yeah. I feel it's the same thing right with Quinton de Kock as well best player in the team right now so they have like pushed him forward as the captain which I believe might be a yeah. decent move in the long run because as we said about like Jason Holder or someone like that it might just turn out to be like fruitful so I was so I think just to uh, follow up on what you said about the best like how cricket boards project uniformity by having their best players be captains I think there's also a, a, a more basic reason which is that you don't want your captain to be out of form and you don't want an out of form player to have to be dropped and that just so happens to be your captain and that's what happened with Safraz uh great leader great captain he's er, he's earned the respect of everyone he's played with but his his form dipped over over a year a year and a half and he 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 had to give up his captaincy for no other reason and <laughs> And it's just, in, in that situation, there's a lot of talk of, you know, having Babarazan be the permanent cap, captain because for all intents and purposes, he will be in the team for the next five, 10 years. And so th- that, that is, I don't know if that's the right thing to do. I, I do think there is some merit to having, you know, specialist leaders, even if they may, they may not be the best players in the team, but you know, dips in forms come and go in, in, in the life cycle of every cricket player. And that's something that for, from, a, from a planning perspective, from a board perspective, you, will, you need to take into account. That's the only oh. way you can have captains like Graham, Graham Smith and mm-hmm. um, Ponting and, and, and for that matter, even Kohli, who no, no matter what happens with the team, just because they are the best player and because you are going to try to have <coughs> a sense of uniformity, they will, they will be captain. Did Sarfaraz? I, I, I love how Sarfaraz's response to that point was a yawn. I mean, it is coincidental. I didn't plan it. But that's the thing. Sarfaraz, <laughs> yeah. Ahmad, is the fact that that happened. I'm not surprised. But uh, I don't think Sarfaraz Ahmad had lost his will to lead Pakistan. Had he? It was just that he had to drop it. But like, if he were still the captain, I don't think anybody in the team also would have minded. Do you think? No, no. I, I, I he, he was a very, very popular captain within the team. With, with fans, and it was solely because of a, a drop in form. 
he also and used to be a good press he used to also be good at press conferences from what i from what i remember like during yeah. the 2019 world cup every time he used to go to press conferences of course he's had a few like bloopers but like in general like he used to uh, like he used to answer all the questions that were thrown at him like with a lot of poise as did have this element of street smartness where he could handle you know dodgy dodgy questions like that's there but one of the one of the was... funniest things i've seen in a press conference is when i remember when steve smith like india played uh, australia and the crowd was booing steve smith and mm. uh, someone from the pakistani media asked sarfaraz uh, what will you do if such a thing happens when you guys play australia tomorrow and uh, and sarfaraz like no i don't think pakistani fans are like that i don't think pakistani <laughs> fans will do this <laughs> and that actually indian happened. fans were something else at this world cup man let me tell you like yeah. i was i was pretty embarrassed at some points i'll be honest where it was just like these huge crowds booing steve smith and like just enjoy the game we didn't even win calm down you know <laughs> yeah. and then there was the yeah, owen morgan I mean, thing where where he was asked like oh do you think there'll be more indian fans in a county game and then he goes oh no there'll be more security than at a county game <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh god um